0: Welcome to the Brownstein-Hyatt-Farber-Schreck podcast series. Sarah Mercer and David Meschke discuss Colorado citizen ballot initiatives for the 2019-2020 cycle. They compare the volume of initiatives this cycle to the previous cycle, identify hot topics they're seeing from the current initiatives, remind us what's already on the ballot, summarize other initiatives moving through the process, and point out key upcoming deadlines.
1: Welcome to another episode of the brownstein hyatt farber Shrek podcast series. I'm Sarah Mercer, and I'm here with my colleague, David Meshke. Welcome, David. You've been uh, pretty busy as the keeper of our ballot initiative tracker.
0: That's right, Sarah. It's it's a new year. We're in 2020 now, and we're seeing a lot of new ballot initiatives filed with uh, Legislative Council, which is an arm of our state legislature.
1: And, uh, just as a reminder of what a ballot initiative is, uh, the ballot initiatives that are going through the process right now are citizen initiated ballot measures. There's another mechanism by which measures, uh, appear on the ballot, which is through a legislatively referred process. And the legislature is currently in session, so it's possible we might see some of those too. But we're here to talk about the citizen initiated ballot measures. And as you said, it's a new year, new start, and (laughs) folks are really, really busy. Can you talk a little bit about the volume that we've seen?
0: Uh, Yes, Sarah. So we've seen already 257 initiatives, citizen initiatives, filed this cycle. And uh, as a reminder for listeners, um, the ballot initiatives are filed in a two-year cycle. So we're in the 2019-2020 cycle. And for comparison's sake, uh, the last cycle, which was the previous two years, only had 185 total filed um, for that cycle. So we're, we're already approaching 100 more for this cycle.
1: And of course, some proponents of initiatives will file multiple versions. We've definitely seen a heavy set of initiatives around TABOR and uh, there others certainly. Are there any other topics that you've seen that has had, have had just a lot of different wording, for example, for a single issue.
0: You've already mentioned TABOR, and there's also been related measures talking about taxes and um, tax credits. So fiscal policy is definitely a hot topic. We've also seen a number of initiatives filed in the topics of oil and gas, after school programs, and, and kind of what I'll call uh, education policy, and some really kind of one-off random ones as well.
1: And certainly this is an area where, you know, in kind of a bigger context with the fiscal policy issues, we've seen a lot of pressure building, if you will, around how to fund transportation, how to fund K-12 through education because of some of Tabor's restrictions and the uh, inability of the legislature to succeed in finding places for additional funding for those really important issues. And we, of course, saw Proposition CC was defeated in 2019 at the ballot box, which would have uh, allowed the state, it would have de the state and allowed the state to keep Excess revenue to go to transportation, K through twelve funding, and higher education. So it's no surprise that we're seeing a big group of initiatives around that. So you gave us a little bit of a comparison of where we were compared to last cycle, and we have a lot more, like you said, a hundred more already. And you know that's not really unusual in a presidential. Why? Why is that?
0: Well, in the presidential election, there's as people are are aware, there are more people paying attention. Uh, in these election cycles. So you'll have higher voter turnout. And so uh, proponents of these measures may think that a presidential election year is, is a good time to get people who might vote for it interested and, and to the ballot box.
1: Yeah. And, you know, getting a measure on the ballot and then running a campaign certainly isn't an inexpensive proposition. And so thinking about where the best chance is to, you know, have a shot. And where sort of you can best spend your dollars, perhaps that has something to do with it. With having more people being um, interested and engaged, collecting signatures is um, something that people have to do. And when people are thinking about election, it might be a little bit easier to do that as well in a presidential year versus another year. And and as we've discussed before on our podcasts around ballot measures, uh, the. Odd election cycles as compared to the even election cycles are restricted to Tabor only. So the floodgates really open during the even election years.
0: Yeah, that's right, Sarah. And then there's also the related factor of certain parties or certain candidates might want various people to propose certain ballot initiatives that might bring their potential voters to vote in the November election. So there's that factor as well playing. Sure, that, that
1: voter... Getting out the vote uh, and driving voter turnout by using an issue that people really care about—it's interesting—and we'll we'll spend more time talking about the specifics of additional initiatives as we get closer to November. But you know, we also see people filing proponents filing initiatives to exert pressure over the legislature. Um, you know, one big piece of legislation that the General Assembly is considering right now is a paid family and medical leave. Act. And we saw in recent weeks proponents and advocates of that file a ballot measure, uh, really to use as a negotiating tool and some leverage in the, in the General Assembly. So, and in the State House. So lots going on and a lot to, uh, digest and a lot to keep track of. Tell us a little bit about where we are with respect to what's on the ballot. Is there anything on the ballot yet?
0: There are two measures that are actually already on the ballot. Uh, for comparison's sake, there were seven in the last cycle. So although we have more citizen initiatives that have been filed to start the process, we're we're still behind the last cycle in a number of uh, initiatives that are on the ballot. Those two initiatives are a little bit different than the ones that we've already talked about. One of them involves citizenship qualification of electors here in Colorado, And the other one involves the reintroduction of the gray wolf, um, which I think is going to bring a lot of attention to the November election.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. We've already seen a lot of news stories around that second ballot initiative that you mentioned. Uh, What else do we have in the hopper?
0: So in addition to the two that are already on the ballot, there are six initiatives that have been approved by the title board, which is a group that uh, consists of representatives of the Colorado legislature, the um, Secretary of State and the AG's office. And those six that have been approved for circulation, um, like the two that are on the ballot, are in a wide variety of categories. So we have one um, involving tax credits for voting. Another one that's also related to voting would um, allow... Voters to select a number of different candidates for office as opposed to just selecting one. And then the top vote getter would be the elected person. Um, Another one would actually make Election Day a state holiday. And then as we move away from specific election things, um, there's a... A voucher measure involving campaigns, uh, so related to elections but not exactly pertaining to elections. Then there are, there's one involving uh, prohibition on late-term abortions, so a hot button issue, a uh, social issue here in Colorado and in the, in the country at large. And then a one that would limit um, housing growth, especially in the front range of Colorado.
1: Do we have any others that are are sort of moving through the process that you've been watching?
0: So we also have – a. Like you just foreshadowed, Sarah, a, a number that are at various stages of the process. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we, there are 257 that have been filed with legislative council. Uh, a number of these have made it past what's called the review and comment period, where the state legislative arm provides comments to the initiatives and, and suggests changes anywhere from typos to, to wording and whatnot. And then once you get to the title board, we have uh, initiatives that have have passed on uh, the title board. In other words, they have a title, which is that small description that you see kind of introducing that measure. And then there's others that are at various stages at the title board waiting either for a hearing or for a rehearing if there was some objector that filed a rehearing.
1: So what are some of the dates and deadlines that we're looking at?
0: So Sarah, um, we have actually a couple deadlines that are approaching here in the next couple months. So if, if you want to get a initiative filed or are just interested to see when the cutoff is, proponents, and just as a reminder, there needs to be two proponents for every measure, must submit the measure to Legislative Council by March 20th. So we're, we're a little less than two months out. And then that hearing at the Legislative Council called a, re- a review and comment hearing has to take place then by April 3rd. And, That's also the date for proponents to submit the initiative to the Secretary of State's office. Then as we move on to the Title Board process, uh, the first Title Board meeting has to take place by April 15th, uh, a rehearing then nine days later on April 24th. And then if a measure actually passes through Title Board, it will need to be approved to gather signatures. This year, the number of signatures that need to be gathered is 124,632, which is a formula that, um, is set for each, each of these cycles. And, um, after that, the petitions with the signatures have to be, um, submitted by August 3rd. And that's, that's, that would be the latest deadline for those that have already had their um, measure approved for submittal of signatures. Those signatures actually do quite a bit earlier. And then the last point in time when the Secretary of State can verify signatures for the this coming November election is September 2nd.
1: So September 2nd is that date that we're all barreling towards because September 2nd is that the deadline by which we will know what is, what is on and what is not on the ballot. So until then, there's a lot of action going on. When is the next title board meeting for anyone who's interested?
0: So if if you want to see the next Title Board meeting, there's one this coming Wednesday. That'll be February 5th, and I believe it starts at 10 a.m. And as you can probably gather from the number of initiatives that have been filed, and especially the number that have been filed recently, that Title Board meeting has the potential to last many hours. I think there there's at least over 40 measures that are up for either a hearing or a rehearing on that date.
1: Yeah, and for folks who maybe can't make it down, they do audio stream those, and it is an interesting process to listen to if you've if you've never heard it for yourself. Well, thanks, David, for coming in and telling us a little bit about kind of where we are uh, with the number and the volume of citizen initiatives that we're seeing coming through the pipeline. People can, of course, keep up to date with everything that's going on on our ballot tracker, the Brownstein-Hyatt-Farber-Shrek ballot tracker. And you and I, I know, are going to be back in the next weeks and months to come to talk a little bit more about uh, specific initiatives. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Looking forward to that as well. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein High at Farber Shrek podcast series. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Visit bhfs.com for more information.